there you go. And it's Leon, and this is the Night Guys podcast. We're here to join you weekly to cover weird and spooky stuff, supernatural, extraterrestrial, cryptid, culty, true crime. And I'm drinking wine. No, Sherry, I lied. I've already <laughs> lied. I started and I lied. I'm a terrible person. How dare you? I Ooh. won't lie to you guys. I'm drinking wine, wine, baby. I think I was thinking what I wanted to drink. I was like, I wish this was. It's not, not. wine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm drinking the wine that I wanted you to try when you were here. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That just Clink. wasn't in in stores. It wasn't available. No, it was. There were two bottles in the fridge. I meant for one to be for me and you. Wow. <laughs> you heard it here, everybody. Betrayal. At least I was honest and not lying. <laughs> I did lie. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Okay, okay. Hope everyone in Meritois enjoyed their Thanksgiving. Mm, yes. And gained eight and a half pounds like I feel like I did. I oh. have not weighed myself and I, don't I will want not to. be weighing myself. I don't want to know. At least for another two weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't want to know. But actually, what's funny is that I realized that because Sean is taking a lot more time off this winter for Christmas, I'm probably going to be recording a few episodes again in that closet. And Harrison (laughs) from the Grief Burrito podcast was like, so awesome. But you sounded a little quiet. So I'm like, oh, God, now I have to figure out how to adjust everything and get get more settled in that other closet. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I have to set up like a proper desk in there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll <laughs> brainstorm. We'll figure it out. Anyway. Ace Co. So what news do you have for me? Girl, I got all kinds of news for All you. right. World War One era German grenade found in Michigan River. Ooh, I read about this. But tell me more because I literally read the title. That's what I read. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, so this was November 27th. A Michigan man using a magnet while fishing in a river made an unusual catch. A German grenade from around World War One. Joseph Alexander said he was fishing in the Grand River near 6th Street Bridge in Grand Rapids when his magnet pulled up a device later identified by police as a German Granatenwerfer mortar. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. <laughs> right, guys? I thought it looked like a grenade, he said, but not one I've seen before. Maybe hmm. he just means from TV. We'll just say that. Okay, sure. Alex, uh, we brought it back home, took some pictures of it, posted it online, and we started getting comments that it's a grenade. Call the police. So that's what we did. (laughs) The Grand Rapids Police Department said the device is being safely stored and will be detonated using C4. Wow. Seems like a waste of C4. Huh. Why don't they just, like, throw a rock at it? I would. No, I would get my, like, I'd get, like, a wrist rocket and, like, shoot things yeah, at it. Yeah, or, like, <laughs> shoot it. What? Police Seriously. of the mortar is, okay, maybe this is going to tell us why. Okay. Police of the mortar is likely <laughs> not very dangerous. Do But the Z4 probably is, right? The Z4 probably makes it way worse. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, what's happening? It's likely not very dangerous due to being submerged for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But authorities are being cautious with the explosive. I'd say overly so. 
Hmm. Alexander said he has been magnet fishing for about a month. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. I want to go magnet fishing. I do too. I want to. And has pulled up some knives, but the grenade is his quote, first cool find. While practicing the hobby, he says, I didn't think anyone would throw a live grenade in the river. And for a second there, I was questioning if I was even right. End article. (laughs) Wait, so hold on. He magnet fishing? (laughs) I don't get it. This grenade is pretty big. It's got like a little... <laughs> it's got a little propeller on the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like you not a propeller, a but propeller. it looks like it. <laughs> it looks exactly like it. It doesn't actually spin though. It's mm-hmm. just to like guide it when it drops, you know? Mm-hmm. Um like it's big. It looks like at least a foot and a half, but so what kind of magnet is this guy using? Right? It's gotta be it's pretty gotta be big. A pretty hefty one, but given what's available online now, I imagine hefty strong ass magnets aren't super hard to find do other but what people would suck is that this? i'd imagine that you'd probably pick up a lot of like metal shavings and stuff like you wow. get like a hairy looking gross mark magnet <laughs> what's that what's that again <laughs> i don't know sherry wait okay so magnet fishing has its own wiki page Hmm. Magnet fishing, also called magnetic fishing, is searching in outdoor <laughs> waters for ferromagnetic objects available to pull with a strong neodymium magnet. Oh, celebrities such as James Haskell, the English rugby player, have a dog <laughs> are out there doing it. Cool Great guys. Wow, such a big celebrity. Uh, what? It was started by boaters using magnets to recover fallen keys from the water. Today, magnet retrieval tools are specially designed to retrieve items that are lost at the bottom of bodies of water. There's double-sided and single-sided magnets. I'm sure those guys always fight. Oh, you (laughs) double-side? Dumbass. Magnet fishing in the law? Oh, it looks like it's popular in England and Wales. Harrison, have you guys oh. ever gone uh, magnet fishing? Or if you know anybody that has, we're curious about it. What have they found? Magnet fishing can have its dangers. <laughs> How? I finding don't know. A, finding an old ass granado that doesn't even work. Boring. And wait, one such incident involved a child pulling a uh, sawn-off shotgun out of oh. Titford Canal. <laughs> what? The child's family later contacted the police and the gun was removed and taken for analysis. Hmm, so people hmm. be throwing guns in the water. I Everybody be throwing guns in the canal. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least things are getting found that's kind of good i guess i want a magnet fish i just feel like i'd want to be able to magnet fish if it could actually find coins but coins aren't magnetic so old ones are gold ones aren't but what about like other ones There's, who like... cares about those i want gold oh my God. where to go that <laughs> <laughs> in the tree with the leprechaun yeah that's right Mobile, Alabama, Leprechaun. Again, guys, look it up. We talked about this in our Tiny Geist on our Patreon. Check it out. <laughs> it's, a, it's a true delight. It's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it never gets old. Uh, ever. Well, give ever. Them more, 
I found a news that is taking us back to Germany. So, you know, linking up with your news. Not at all, mm, but yeah, still on November 25th. So a couple Germany days ago. Germany loves magnets. Yeah. This has nothing to do with magnets, but grenades it does have to do with obtaining things. Thieves steal jewelry reportedly worth more than $1 billion from a German museum. Whoa. A billion dollars. What? Was it Mark Wahlberg and Charlize? Mm. Were they stealing again? Yeah. They have mini they got their Yeah, I was going to say they got in their minis and they just zoomed in. <laughs> Wait, wasn't the bad guy Edward Norton in that movie? I want to say it was. And More he was like wrong. gross. He was, was kind he? of he hit he on Charlie's and he was kind of creepy, a... kind of in a rapey raper vibe. Mm-hmm. I just remember was am I crazy for thinking Seth Green was in that movie? Mm. He was hacker. I believe you are correct. Yeah, he's and the hacker motorcycle man. falls over on him. He's hacker man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, back to the jewelry heist. I guess there's a manhunt going on right now, and it, it happened inside the Green Vault at the Dresden Castle in eastern Germany on last Monday morning. So, a week ago today. Sounds legit. Uh, the thieves stole three historic jewelry sets, which contained 37 parts each. Hmm. They're okay. still trying to figure out exactly how much was stolen. Uh, they said we are talking of objects of immeasurable cultural value. It's almost world heritage. There's nowhere else a collection of jewelry in this form, quality, and quantity. They're really pretty pieces that they stole. Are they German pieces? Like, were they, like, kings and queens that were German? Or uh, let's what see. they belong to? do 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 more than 1.1 billion. Uh, I guess that's what they were estimated to be worth. That's They've got, crazy. Uh, diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and sapphires in the stolen jewels, but they quote cannot be sold on the market legally. They're too well known, and that actually brings up something that I wanted to ask you. That I was going to wait till the end, but because I just read that, I'm going to ask. What? I mean, obviously, since I have never stolen stuffs or anything, like. What is the point of stealing something that is that expensive and that, like, like art? I'm going to steal art. Okay, where the fuck are you going to sell that? I mean, I, I guess know. that's what cryptocurrency is for so that nobody knows. But then where? what do you do with that? What do you do with that piece of art? I don't know. Or because I assume that they have tons of people that are on the, like, dark web who are monitoring yeah. it also. It's not like it's, like, unless, I don't know. I know nothing about the dark webs. So maybe there's, like, factions Maybe we do an that, episode that, like, on the dark web. Ooh, I love it. Add that to it. <laughs> you gotta watch Mr. Robot, dude. I know, I know. But anyway, but I guess I guess that's what cryptocurrency is for, because then they can't trace where the money went and for yeah, what. you can like launder cryptocurrency mm. and mix it all around mm. and run a hack that makes it impossible well, to tell where it came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But uh, yeah, I mean, you would, I assume, have to take this jewelry and piecemeal it out, which is going to crazy, Destroy like, it. kill the value. Yeah. So you can't really do that. I don't know. Unless, I mean, I would just hope that if you're smart enough to be able to steal this shit, that you're smart enough to have a buyer lined up before you do. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess maybe just, like, some crazy rich dude is asking them to steal it 
so that he can just keep it in his collection? Maybe. Because there are weirdo collectors like that. I don't know, but I'm looking at one of the diamond sets, and it's bazonkers. It's just huge diamond, tons of little or small diamonds, and then really, really small ones, and then another big one, and more small ones. It's just like this cascading giant. So it's like necklaces, earrings, tiaras. No, I'm just looking at one piece right now. But like like all of it is like that's the kind of stuff that's in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the, the one that I'm looking at right now that has all the crazy diamonds on it is a 41 carat Dresden green diamond. <gasps> so, that thing is a beast. Whoa. What yeah. did they have to do to steal it? Does it talk they about did, the they security? They talk about it. I want to know what they had well, they, to bypass. I don't know. They don't They don't talk about it. They probably don't want to talk about it because they don't want anybody else to get any more ideas and steal the rest of their shit. True. But uh, it says the treasures that can be found in the green vault in the and in the residence palace have been hard won by the people in the free state of Saxony over many centuries. One cannot understand the history of our country, our free state, without the green vault and the state art collections of Saxony. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it says it's one of the oldest museums in Europe, the green vault. That's what it's called. Uh, founded by the August the Strong. Elector of Saxony in 1723. It's one of 12 museums that make up the famous Dresden State Art Collections. The vault is split into a historic and newer ex- exhibition. There are about 3,000 items of jewelry and other treasures decorated with gold, silver, ivory, and pearl. And I guess three rooms were destroyed during World War II, but the museum was restored and opened to the public in 2006. Their first mistake. Don't let don't let the poorsies like us see your jewels. We're going to steal mm-hmm. them. The plebs. <laughs> Yep, us poorsies. We gotta go go after those big ass jewels, dude. That diamond is. I want to see that. Is it really green looking, or just like white green? Oh, well, this one is actually green, but I think the place is just called the Green Vault. No, yeah, I meant the but... forty-one carat diamond, whatever. I th- yeah, give me that too. I'm gonna send you the article. I, I, do, oh, do, that's do. so crazy. I can't believe they got away with it. Yeah. What are they doing right now? They gotta be freaking out, right? Or laughing hysterically over their piles of money. I want. Mm. I want that. Yeah. If you scroll all the way to the bottom of the article, you'll see the diamond with like a gloved hand next to it. Mm. Somebody with a fuzzy glove got to touch it with their fuzzy <laughs> glove hand. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, so that's some of the pieces, I assume. Uh, let's see. Oh, wow. You see the fuzzy hand and the fuzzy yeah. green? There's like all these reflections of light on it. it looks like a J.J. Abrams movie in the <laughs> <laughs> in the diamond picture. <laughs> That's crazy. So is that is that like a brooch? I think so. Dude, whatever. <laughs> That's like the size of a banana. I want that on my hair. I don't want that on a brooch. I want to wear that on my head. <sighs> yeah, I want to wear it in the middle of my forehead. <laughs> Just glue it to your forehead. <sighs> I do, I do. Let's just get some eyeliner, like eyelash glue, and just stick it right there. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, people that have stolen things and resold them. How the fuck do you go about that? Let us know. Email us at nightguyspod at gmail.com because I, I have no idea. I, I don't That's know crazy how that, that works. thing's that big. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait, no. Oh, I'm so wait, wait, wait. Shame. Shame. Oh, 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 all right. I beat all you. Right. <laughs> okay, now that I'm sad, I don't own that. Shall we I'm talk so about angry. it? <laughs> now that we're going to be depressed the rest of this episode. 
Because we don't have diamonds. Uh, I need more diamonds. <laughs> diamonds. I actually watched a thing on Netflix about diamonds. Made yeah. It was really interesting. It made me actually want a man-made diamond a whole That's what lot I want. More. I was like, give me that man-made diamond. I mean, okay. Let me let me backtrack for a second. I absolutely love more than anything my ring that is on my finger, and it's a family heirloom, and that's why it is special to me. But all new diamonds that come to me, I want those man-made ones. Me they too. are perfect. They make yeah, them perfect. Yeah, literally perfect. And no one gets hurt, and there's no bad stuff. And they're cheap as hell. Compared to the other, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. They're not actually cheap. But I just want to, you know, maybe I can glue a diamond to my forehead. Yeah. I can implant them in my eyeballs. Ooh. <laughs> every one of my teeth, just like some people. Why do they do that? I don't know. It looks so uncomfortable. It does. All right, I'm pausing. Vita okay. wants water. And I'm back. Uh, I just realized before you ran away for a second break to free vita of the pod cave uh there was another news that i wanted to tell you about really fast uh america braces for possible french fry shortage after poor potato harvest (gasps) yeah bad potato harvest and when people are like oh yeah there's no there's no global warming there is and it's affecting your potatoes it's affecting my potatoes this is a problem uh just our sweet potatoes it just said potatoes and so french fries they didn't specify I don't like this at all. I don't either. I need potatoes. I don't need them, but First I do. diamonds, now potatoes. I'm not well, getting either one of these things. potatoes make booze and fries and tots. Well, I wear diamonds. That's what I eat. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, delicious. Yeah, I'm fancy and practical. Oh. <laughs> I like how you think. Me too. Uh, well... <laughs> Since this has nothing to do with potatoes, shall we move on? <laughs> yes, please. I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. So am I. Uh, we've landed on Lovecraft and his horror and Lovecraftian horror and all things that... I don't know. All things HP. Including his racism. <laughs> We're not going to skip that. How? I mean, maybe we should just start with that. Mm. Because I have no, always no. wanted... We have to say, he is an author of horror and has become such an impact to the genre that it, he has his own like subgenre of Lovecraftian horror and it's created an entire entire mythos that other people have latched onto in like a fan fiction way. So, okay. With that said, he's a racist turd. <laughs> like my god i can't believe that i never i mean i guess i can i've only known him as cthulhu yeah cthulhu and like kind of like very vague and that he had a whole list of short stories yes um about these kind of like Mm, like underworld like kind of sci-fi characters and that's really all i knew and just how like big he is to like horror and Mm. sci-fi and kind of all of those cosmic whatever things combined cosmic horror yes and i had no clue about him at all until i started reading about him i had always assumed that lovecraft was a made-up name he picked that's his born name. Like, I didn't even know that. And that's wild to me. That's his name. That's um, pretty cool. But, like, I had 
no idea that he was a full-blown racist, and it was very upsetting. It's super disappointing. I always wanted to read all these stories, and I just haven't made, carved out time for it. I still want to read them, but it's upsetting to know that the voice that I'm reading is from somebody who has such crazy racist views. Like it's very upsetting. Racist. Not just like... Like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't like, you know, black people or Asian people. He's like he says some of the most deeply upsetting things I've read. Yeah, I don't I I don't I don't read a lot of upsetting stuff because we are more like the lighter side of horror (laughs) and (laughs) stuff like that. But wow, it was uh, reading it kind of made me like, I don't I don't know if I want to keep reading (laughs) I know. It's a bummer. It really is. I mean, I don't know. It sucks. That's really all there is to it. Yeah. So, like, I I read about that first because once I – it was kind of one of the first things I came across when I was looking up information about him. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, okay, well, let's just – Get dive into way. this and understand how much of a dick this guy is in his personal life so then I can – maybe understand his stories like more like because if i would have read his stories and some of the things that came up in him i would have been like what is he saying this for yeah. <laughs> it's like okay now i know he's awful <laughs> yeah he i think they call i think the term is anglophile i think that's like like obsessed with all things white yeah it's just very upsetting it's a bummer i mean mm. bummer is a very light word for it it's just a bummer to find out that the things I wanted to read are written by him. That's the bummer. Yeah. I can definitely so agree with that. Horrible. Because he has he such a crazy following and so many people like to just kind of skirt over that. They're like, yeah, but stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's a good thing that we're getting it out of the way that this guy. Yeah. We don't condone. <laughs> he had a pretty cool views. imagination when it came to monsters and other worlds and all that stuff. But wow, his, his belief system was so wrong. Yes. Ugh. So we thought it would be good to start with a little bit about him before talking about his, like, literature, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I was telling Leona that I found, like, a buttload, (laughs) a buttload of, like, facts of this Uh guy. So they're kind of short. Which is good for people like me who can't pay attention. And they kind of get to the point. But it kind of gets... You get to know a little more about him besides the fact that he's a raging racist. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay, so long before HP was well known for his twisted horror stories, Lovecraft tried his first attempt at fiction when he was a kid. Mm. Um, Like really little, like six or seven, I think. And he was Um, born in 1890. Yeah, that's a good context. <laughs> uh, his first written, he wrote a lot of letters. I don't know if this was considered a letter, this one, but it was called The Noble Eavesdropper. It was never hmm. published alongside his Cthulhu novels, but it was kind of like the beginning of his like literary works. Um, he Got was it. born August 20th, The <laughs> my <laughs> wedding date. <laughs> In 1890, in his family home in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, continue. (laughs) Also, one of my niece's birthdays. They have the same birthday. What up? (laughs) Yeah, he would spend most of his life in his home state. 
I guess they make a joke about Family Guy. Like, tons of shows have featured him. It's pretty crazy. Anything related to horror or sci-fi or some kind of, like, weird cosmic horror or, like, existential horror is... Him. Him. He's the puppeteer. Puppet master? Yes. All those. He's all the things. The things. Lovecraft got all his inspiration for his stories from kind of weird places he dreamed of things in his like worst nightmares um he had um it doesn't say here but i read it in another thing he had like actual night terrors and i guess night terrors are only like three to five percent of the population it's like where you like you can't wake up can't wake up you are stuck that's the scariest thing in the whole sleep paralysis but of your mind of your nightmares instead of your body you cannot get out of it. And he had it, I guess, really badly. Um, they think the nightmares, or he talked of the nightmares starting after the death of his grandmother. Five-year-old Lovecraft, on top of dealing with his grandmother's death, was particularly alarmed at the sight of his mother and aunts constantly wearing black day after day once she died. Mm. He began to envision monstrous figures in his dreams that he'd refer to as night gaunts. These were faceless black entities reportedly cast uh, him into space, all while he looked down and saw dead, horrible cities below him. So he's, like, not that old when he's talking about things like this. Which God, is, that is so sad. That's sad to pretty me. crazy. So death was kind of, like, like a main starring role in his young life. Mm-hmm. Lovecraft was only three years old when his father, Winfield, was committed to Butler Hospital in Providence following a psychotic episode. Um, information on this incident is hazy, but it sounds like Winfield spent a year in torment before being committed. Winfield never left Butler Hospital, dying of a general, um, (laughs) they're vague with it, but they think he had syphilis. They think that he had, like, advanced syphilis. Syphilis made you completely just slowly lose your mind. It infected you, and it didn't sound pretty, and it was very painful. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. And then his mom was also committed to the same hospital mm. later. And yeah, not long later. It was like she slowly, her health deteriorated. And I think 10 years after his death, I think it was, she was committed. Yeah. But in that meantime, before hang. she was committed, though, she was constant. She was constantly in mourning. So her son, H.P., Howard was like just watching his mom deteriorate and mourn all the time. She was yeah. always crying, and that was like a hard thing for him to go through because he was just watching his mom just melt away. Yeah, her name was Sarah Susan. Never recovered from her husband being institutionalized or his death. Uh, she was committed to the same place as mm-hmm. um, her husband. It was 11 years after his death. Um, she talked with her son frequently for two years until she passed away from complications to surgery, which I was like, oh, I wonder what it was. I always like a lobotomy. That's exactly what I thought when I read that. I was like, I wonder if they like, I mean, early 1900s. Oh, that's like all about prime that. for that happening. Just because women be crazy. Yeah. Everybody be crazy, especially on women. The only way to pacify a woman is to give her a lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> always always 
Um, so Lovecraft uh, first attempted to write when he was around seven. He was really inspired by Greek and Roman mythology. It's featured a lot in his short stories. It, you can really like tell he was like inspired by it. Um, during his early years, Lovecraft spent much of his time raised by his aunts and his grandfather Whipple, which is the best name ever, best with name. whom he was very close. Um, yeah. He was also like really successful too. Um, he like was well off. He had a lot of money. So after he passed, um, it kind of like wasn't good for HP because mm-hmm. they were kind of then in poverty, him and his mom. Yep. She was still alive when they were living with uh, Whipple. And <laughs> did you know that he, so he like only attended school sporadically. He like did Yeah, not... he never graduated. Mm-mm, he had he too many like ailments. Yeah, he was always... Could, never went out in the sun. Like it wasn't he said good. That he Very had gaunt. A nervous breakdown, and then he never finished high school, and he just kind of like dabbled. And then he never went out in public during daylight. Mm-mm. And he'd only leave the house after sunset, staying up late, and he'd study science and astronomy because he wanted to be an astronomer. He loved the stars. So yeah, yeah. he just kind of got on a like sleeping schedule that was reversed. <laughs> yes, which you would dive with if that happened to you which it kind of almost did the other day mm-hmm. <laughs> so and because he never left it in the daytime he really became super pale and his mom even called him grotesque during his childhood and so warned him mean. to stay inside so people wouldn't see him and he actually wrote i'm gonna read a quote from him i am essentially a recluse who will who will have very little to do with people wherever he may be i think that most people only make me nervous that only by accident and in extremely small quantities I would ever be likely to come across to people who wouldn't. Hard. So. That's a lot. Yeah. What's weird is it says, too, he was very, very, very scared of the dark and his (laughs) grandfather Whipple. (laughs) And he was, like, only awake during nighttime. Okay. Right. And he found a way. He helped him conquer his fears. He had the five-year-old Lovecraft walk through several rooms in the house without any lights on over and over again to get him, like, okay with it. And Lovecraft um, claims it was him who helped him. And he overcame it. Kind of crazy. I don't know. Uh, I did read that he was best buds with Harry Houdini. Yeah. Like BFFs. Yep. He, um, Lovecraft, some of his letters were featured in different kind of like, I don't know what the word is, but magazines Mm -hmm. that were like weird and like. Yeah, it was. I think it was Weird Tales. And Houdini somehow through being like featured in those either a rep for Houdini or Houdini himself like read them and then asked him to write for him. And so he did. Pretty crazy. I think it's kind of neat. Um, so Lovecraftian, that's like a name they coined for his mm-hmm. like way of writing. It's a genre, I guess you'd say. Um, it's inspired by his style of Craftian horror draws the scares not just from monsters, but the people that discover it. Um, and also from the idea that we live in a world far mm-hmm. beyond our comprehension. Um, some scholars equate Lovecraftian horror with cosmic horror because both these subgenres deal with stories where the scares come from a world which isn't for us to make total sense of and leaves us unable to comprehend what is like going on that's yep. like more than what we are. Like ex it's existential. Yeah. Or I heard I read that it was that and also like his view on life was kind of nihilistic. Yep. 
it's perfect. like the same thing um in my in my world which is interesting cuz like i we were talking about before we started recording that like we read a couple of his stories and they are very like they're dark and foreboding <sighs> lot of build up mm-hmm. they're definitely a slow burn very descriptive which i liked because then i can really imagine yeah. where the person is standing when they're experiencing mm-hmm. the thing that's going on I kind of liked that, but I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of explanation, or not even what exposition. It's Lots definitely of a that. bit of a slog if you don't like, know what you're in for. Because I picked up his books last night, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna read some short novels or short stories. And I was like, what the hell is he even saying? And then I was like, okay, slow down. Because I'm used to like speed reading through you know garbage novels that are popular now. But like his his require. A bit of focus. Yeah, I agree. So in 1904, Lovecraft's uh, grandfather, Whipple, died of a stroke at 70. Just a few months before that, his main business had failed so badly that the family fortune took a serious hit. Lovecraft and his mother moved into a small duplex in stark contrast to the relative luxury they had previously known. So this is kind of the beginning of the end for <laughs> Lovecraft because he dies straight up penniless and zero anything to his name. No one knows really anything about anything that he's mm-hmm. written. Pretty much, he doesn't get famous until after Just like his other death. Artists, um, yeah, he was very inspired by Edgar Allan Poe. Who, same thing. No one mm-hmm. gave a shite about Poe while he was alive <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, so it's kind of fitting, I guess. <laughs> Let me see if there's anything else that would be good to bring up about him. Oh, that was it. Oh, wow. So this is what I was talking to you about, and I said I'm bringing up later. So Lovecraft, I'll get to it in a sec. This oh, is boy. the pretext. Um, Lovecraft attended a number of journalist conventions for amateurs during the 1920s. It was at one of these events that he met Sonia Green. Lovecraft married Green and moved in with her uh, to Brooklyn, New York, but some people in his family were <laughs> utterly scandalized. His aunts both staunchly disapproved mm. of the match. For her part, Green was convinced that Lovecraft needed to get out of Providence, away from his smothering family, and she was willing to support him oh. as he came into his own. Way to go, girl. Bring it in the... <laughs> Bringing them money. Lovecraft and Green's union was doomed from the start, though, with Green moving constantly due to her work, as well as Lovecraft having difficulty adjusting to his new life. Finally, in 1926, Lovecraft gave up and moved back to Providence. After a few years, he and Green agreed to have an, uh, like mutual divorce, and Green eventually remarried. Um, however, unbeknownst to her, Lovecraft never signed the final <laughs> decree of divorce before he died, which is kind of sad. So that was him and her, but I had read that um, there's somewhere, somewhere, I don't know how anyone got him to talk about this. Someone had asked him about, like, relationships. Because yeah. he never went out, like we were saying. He really had mm-hmm. no friends. Nothing. Um, and supposedly after his death, HP's death, Sonia Lovecraft um, <laughs> told a Lovecraft scholar that he was a virgin when they married in 1924. Wow. Um, he was 34 okay. when they married. Before their marriage, Lovecraft reportedly bought numerous books about sex and studied them in order to perform on their wedding night. Hey, you know what? At least he was putting effort in. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Sonia later said that she had to initiate all sexual activity, saying... Oh. Uh... <laughs> 
That's not awesome. <laughs> the very, Don't make the very mention of the word sex seemed to upset him. He did, however, make the statement once that if a man cannot be or is not married at the greatest height of his sex desire, which in his case he said was 19 years old, he became oh, somewhat oh, oh. unappreciative of it after he passed 30. And she was somewhat shocked but held her peace. So he said that Whoa. because I missed my private 19, I don't care about it anymore. And that's where we you stand. Know, I've actually, I've met a couple of people that are perfectly asexual and they are happy being that way. So maybe that's what he was. He was just like, I am uninterested. Leave me to my space squids and whatever the hell else I need to imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then these are, I'll do these last two facts. <laughs> well, because <laughs> that one's fun. Um, uh, he inspired Batman, Black Sabbath, South Park, and many more. Um, well, mm. Batman City. Uh, Batman puts his dastardly criminals away in Arkham Asylum. Arkham being the name of the fictional oh, yeah, city H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft created as a setting for many of his stories. Cthulhu appeared in an episode of South Park and killed Justin Bieber. Black Sabbath's album, Behind the Wall of Sleep, is named for a Lovecraft short story. The Book of the Dead, discovered in a cabin in Sam Raimi's Evil Dead films, is based on Lovecraft's Necronomicon. Um, which is yep. pretty cool. I really liked that. <laughs> um, and then this is the last one I'll do. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft isn't buried under his headstone. He died of cancer of the small intestine in 37. In keeping with his lifelong fascination with science, he kept a detailed diary of his eventually mortal illness. When he died, Lovecraft was buried in Swan Point Cemetery and listed on his mother's family's monument. This wasn't enough for his huh. fans, though. In 1977, what? a group funded and installed a separate headstone. In 97, a particularly avid fan also attempted to dig up Lovecraft's corpse under the headstone, <gasps> but gave up after finding nothing from digging three feet. <laughs> okay, that person's an idiot. Uh, so three feet, cool. too. Your fans aren't deeper. very smart. Good job, Gotta dude. Dig a little deeper. Isn't that a Princess and the Frog? It's like, dig uh, a little wait, deeper. What did you just sing? I didn't hear it. It's the the mama, what's her name? I think Mama right. Mama Hody. The, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I like her a lot. Oh. Hit me with Tabasco two times. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. <laughs> she was awesome. You know what's really funny is after reading this, I was like, Necronomicon. And I was like, that's Evil Dead. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, why do I know this word? I'm not stumbling on it when I read it. When I was reading about it earlier and I was like, Necronomicon. Why do I know that? What is this word? Why do I know this so easily? This is a weird word. It looks strange. <laughs> shouldn't know this. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So Cthulhu, just because people, they've seen him in stuff. Like, we, we've basically seen him in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> but a baby version. <laughs> yeah. A little baby. As Davy Jones. He is 1,000 Little squid, squid face. Cthulhu. <laughs> Yes. Shrunk down. We realize we may be pronouncing his name wrong, but we're not going to throw that gross guttural stuff in here because it will come out as spit on my and mic. It's just... And I'm not going to do that. No. We're going to say Cthulhu, Cthulhu because it is dainty and wonderful. And we are ladies. So, <laughs> <laughs> so proper. <sighs> Did you know that there is also a church, the First United Church of Cthulhu, and it's in Arizona? Wow, really? Yeah, the guy started it in Arizona. There's not really a lot going on on the page except for like some anime stuff, which is a little. <laughs> That's weird not <laughs> good. <laughs> I don't really know how I feel about that. 
It doesn't have a lot to do with it. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, guys. Keep it creepy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about yeah. that. Let's join. So before we... <laughs> Before we did this, I wanted to know some more about of his some more about his story. You want to know more about that book? So I started to read. What did I read? I read the horror at Dunwich, and then I started to read at the Mountains of Madness, and because I wanted to know more about just I wanted to know about his writing style. I wanted to know about the setup, like we've talked about, and about his monsters, because you know you can see artist interpretations but you know you gotta read the story itself to know what he's talking about and man like we said before there's a lot of setup there's, there's a, a lot, lot of it's a slow burn it's but i mean good. It's, it's interesting I, mean, I do like it you know it's kind of funny like i do i i like all of his dis- description i think it's fun i like the monsters yeah, I like that too. Monsters are my favorite. Like I've said it before, monster movies and alien movies are like my number one. Like I love. I know Pacific Rim's stupid. I don't care. I, I love like it. Pacific Godzilla, Rim. Godzilla. The first one. I don't know it. about the others. I don't. The second one's I don't awesome. Think I ever saw it. Mothra's beautiful, and I cried because I was like, she's so pretty. I love Wait, her. I'm talking about Pacific Rim. Wasn't there a second Pacific Rim? There was a second Pacific Rim. I don't think I ever saw it. I liked because the first I liked one a the lot. First one, yes. See the second Godzilla. It's got just a ton of giant monsters, like what he describes. I mean, obviously they're different. I get it. I realize that they're I'm probably bastardizing a lot of stuff. Same but vein, though. When we're talking about like giant ass monsters or mythical beings or aliens or other things like i feel like we're all in the same place you know what like when i was reading this i hate that i'm bringing this up another time on this podcast what is it Bring reminds it me of <laughs> mist yes and like where it's like there think, isn't really a lot going on guys. in this game but i somehow am like enthralled with it sucked why Totally and understand. it kind of like looks know. like it too. I mean, I feel like steampunk and all that the stuff mist. is kind of like yep. stolen a lot from him because mm-hmm. it's kind of like ancient, but like n- ancient things mixed with current things, at least with the storyteller, as far as mm-hmm. he's concerned. Because it's not like t- most of his stories are like, aren't they World War Two, World War One? Um, because he died right. in forty. So I don't know. They're like old mixed with new. It's like I have a new house here in New England, and here's like ancient shit around it. So it's kind of <laughs> like like steampunk kind of stuff. Makes makes me think of that. It also reminds me of like when I played a million years ago, like Bioshock, Bioshock. like one thousand percent. It's like this is like Bioshock, which is also mm-hmm. that like it's like aquatic. So much fun. Obviously, guys, we didn't read all of his stories. So those of you that are Lovecraft obsessed, you're going to hate us. So just let us fumble through this. We're trying to understand. So what were the ones in short? Like, 
what were they about that you read? The one that I like solidly read. Actually, I think you might like it. <laughs> it really? Cool. It was, I mean, it was. Ah, it's weird and fucked up. Uh, the Dunwich Horror is about some little town in New England because he only wrote his stories about. I think it was Massachusetts. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Sorry. All of his stories took place in this one little city in Rhode Island. Very similarly, you will probably realize, like Stephen King mm-hmm. does, where he made up his own little town, yeah. Derry in Maine. Well, he got that idea from this guy. So he had, there's like this town that was totally dilapidated and gross, but people still live there and people would just like pass through. Like nobody actually stayed there. Like they called it the Dunwich Horror because there was like this family that was incesty, gross, and there were. What? This is what the story is about? This family? Well,. So this woman who's he describes her in a very unfortunate way as just being an albino lame woman. She is there's a woman who is albino, she lives with her dad, and then she mysteriously becomes pregnant and everyone's like, "Ew." And then she's like, "No, he's amazing." And her dad wanders into town and like describes this man. Hold hold on. <laughs> I'm drinking. I I just drank all of my sherry. Yum. Dunwich Horror. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. Oh, my bad. Okay, it was Yog Saloth. Love it. Love it. Was the mom, was the father, not the mother. Oh, yes, her name was Lavinia Wahatli. Wahab. Wahatli. A, she was deformed and unstable albino woman. Jeez. And so anyway, the her father goes into town and is like, oh yeah, this is guy Yagshaloth. And then she gives birth to this baby. And then this baby is like very strange looking. He has no chin and they describe him kind of goat-like. So they're like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. But he like ages way too quickly. So he like learns how to walk at like four months or something and fully talk at like 11 months or something. Ew. They describe, his name is Wilbur and he was described as a dark goatish looking infant. And uh, this is some of the racism I feel like. Neighbors refer to him as Lavinie's black brat. <sighs> uh, so they like, he describes him as like a darker complected child, but still kind of looking like her, which is unfortunate i guess so is the story about her who's the dad so the dad is this yoggaloth and it's like a creature so anyway something happens and this creature starts growing in their barn i guess and the the grandpa like keeps building up the barn to seal this creature in and i don't really know how this creature came to be it's not really explained it just kind of says that like this kid wilbur exists as this like weird unfortunate half-breed human slash Yagaloth thing guy. And then this other creature is existing in their barn and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like eating the horses and the cows and they have to keep feeding it blood or like making sacrifices. And then eventually the grandpa disappears and then the mom disappears. And then Wilbur tries to get somebody, some like university man to help him. Because he needs the Necronomicon that just happens to be at this university. Because, of course, why not keep it the Necronomicon at the university? So the Necronomicon is literally similar to what the Sam Raimi movie. 
Yeah, yeah, he just straight Rainey. jacked totally. it. Just, <laughs> okay, just jacked it. One hundred percent. Oh hi, hi cat. My cat just cried at me. Um, the university guy is like, I'm not helping you. You're weird. And then Wilbur, the kid, the like goat guy, dies. Hold on, my cat needs. Come here. She wants on my lap. That's all she wants. Otherwise, she's gonna sit here and cry. Um. So I want to describe to you, so the monster thing, like, kills Wilbur, the half-goat kid. But that's, like, the dad also, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So the kid, when he dies, like, the monster thing, (laughs) they give a detailed description of his partly non-human anatomy. It was partly human with very man-like hands and head, and then the goatish, chinless face. (laughs) It's so weird to me. I'm like... Oh, no chin. Who else had no chin? Oh, yeah. Our guy. Carl Higdon. The sky. His yeah, aliens. Maybe. Maybe it's a thing. It says, but the torso and lower parts of the body were teratologically fabulous, only so that generous clothing could have ever enabled it to walk on the earth unchallenged or uneradicated. And this is partly what we were talking about earlier, how it's hard to describe his horror, because a lot of what he describes is... or. A lot of his horror is the buildup and the ominous dark feelings. They kind of don't have endings, his stories. They're kind of like open-ended, mm-hmm. too, which adds to it. They describe his waist as semi-anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic. And his chest had a leathery, reticulated hide of a crocodile or alligator. The back was uh, yellow and black. And then below the waist was the worst for here all human resemblance left off and sheer fantasy began the skin was thickly covered with coarse black fur and from the abdomen a score of long greenish gray tentacles with red sucking mouths (laughs) uh, protruded they're all weird aliens yeah they're all really weird like like, aquatic aliens yeah i feel like he must have been like in the ocean or something and strangled by an octopus and forever scarred weird yours is your story is way weird but wait on each of the hips deep set in kind of a pinkish ciliated orbit was what seemed to be a rudimentary eye Whilst in lieu of a tail, there depended a kind of trunk or feeler with purple annular markings and with many evidences of being an undeveloped mouth or throat. So he had like this gross tail, these eyeballs on his hips. He had dark fur on his tentacles because he had multiple tentacles sticking out. Dreaming. Yeah. (laughs) And then it says his legs were... The limbs, save for their black fur, roughly resemble the hind legs of prehistoric Earth's giant saurians, so like dinosaurs, and terminated in ridgy, veined pads that were neither hooves nor claws. Huh. So he kind of just had these, like, weird stumps. (laughs) What? I don't know. That's all I can think of. Poor dude. I know. I feel so bad for poor Wilbur. I don't know. I don't know about this. What? Yours is crazy. Yeah, this one's weird. The Dunwich Horror. It's disturbing. Read it. Or don't. I don't I, When I was reading some of his other stuff, remember that movie, The Witch? That was like super slow, Bernie. Um, it's oh, like the, oh, the, pilgrim like the people. Witch oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's the like the cute goat who they try to make look mean, but it's like Dude. that goat's sweet. Don't make him look mean. Goats are goat the best. Hard, no love goats. <laughs> and that movie was like, so many people love that movie. Sorry if you love that movie. That movie was slow as hell. Dude, I got I was bored. So glad that I wasn't watching that with Sean because I know that. <sighs> 
he would have like Midsommar, but, but less um, gory. Yeah, at least Midsommar had, had moments where I was like, what the hell? Had hammerhead guy. This movie was like, what the hell am I watching this for? <laughs> it looks pretty, but it's not doing anything for me. It's too slow. But anyway, it kind of reminds me of like his stuff. And his mm. stuff moves faster than that movie. But like isn't saying much either. But um <laughs> it's it dark, it's like it's foreboding, it's yeah it sets up a lot of like a, a lot of suspense where you're like, okay, getting to know these people a little bit, getting to know the situation, mm. even though the writing is very just, different than he, what we're used to reading. He talks about things that would are mundane to normally write about. To yes. just let you feel like you're there with them. Mm-hmm. And I that's think really that's good... why. I have hiccups. <laughs> I have hiccups and my cat purring on my lap. This is just the best. The one I read, I read two. Mm-hmm. I read Dagon, or I guess Dagon. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's like the super racist one. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one wasn't as bad. Oh, what? Okay, there was the other it one. It was the other one that was really horrible. Um, I, cool, yeah, this man. was like one of his early on ones. He published this one in 1919. It's really short. It's only like a few pages. Oh. Very short. He also did poems, so that's... Yeah, that's and he crazy. has like the second highest number for letters written. He Over loves 100, writing 000? letters to people. There's one other crazy ass dude who wrote more, and that's the only person that they know of to have ever beaten H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft's letter writing. He started chain mail. I know it. <laughs> uh, <Four letters>. probably. <laughs> uh, Cthulhu will get you if you don't write to six people by Thursday. I hated those. They caused me so much anxiety. I didn't know that me they were real. <laughs> if you sent those to me, you're a bad person. Okay. Yeah, same, same. Um, <laughs> doop, doop, doop. So this Sorry. one was like some guy is out on a boat. I don't even remember what happened to the boat. He like gets thrown <laughs> off of it. He's no. like, it crashes. He's out at sea by himself. He has enough like food and water to last for a while. Days pass. He hasn't seen shit. He's like, I'm probably going to die out here. No land, no birds, no nada. He um, falls asleep, wakes back up to, like, seismic activity in the water. It's, like, rising. He's thrown from it, wakes up, knocked out under his little boat, shielded by the sun. There's, like, black tar nastiness on the ground everywhere he's too scared to move so he waits finally he gets up the like wherewithal to like go see what is around because Mm -hmm. he needs to like find out where he is and how he can get saved um he walks and he walks and he walks also take note that this guy is very addicted to morphine um and (laughs) wait hp the guy in his oh, story. Oh. And um so morphine addict <laughs> washed up on shore. Uh searching, searching. <laughs> it's nighttime because he walks during the day, then he realizes it's too hot to keep walking. So then he does it by moonlight. He goes all the way up to the top. There's a huge drop off in a cliff. The moon illuminates his path, cr- climbs down. 
sees all of these ancient pillars with ancient hieroglyphs, all these crazy, like, carvings and creatures and people that look like they're worshipping this, like, ancient race of, I don't know what, giant fish people. And um, they're referred to as the Deep Ones. Um, Mm. And one of these ancient whatever ones is Dagon. (laughs) And he is looking at the hieroglyphs and he sees Dagon moving past his line of sight. And he's like, oh shit, one of these people is alive and moving and he loses his shit books it out of there, climbs back up the hill in the middle of the night, blacks out, wakes up, is basically shaking and shivering, telling a story to people who have found him out in the ocean. And then they like, <laughs> it's like the cliffhanger of the story is that he's now tormented for the rest of his life because no one will believe him. And he saw this ancient being that's worshiping this hieroglyphic statue of this huge monster. No one knows where he washed up. No one believes him. And he just loses his mind and doesn't have morphine to have anymore. <laughs> wow. Cool. So like, it's pretty cool. His stories <laughs> are pretty dark. They're either like the guy's, I was reading this where the the main character either ends up going crazy or they die. Those those are the only mm-hmm. two the only two options which now that I think about it really reflects upon his life because his parents went crazy and he was like, "Cool, well I can either live long enough to go nuts or I could die." And then he died That's of insane. cancer in like of like at 40 or something, 46 mm. or 40 something. The the other one I read the rats in the walls. That's the racist one. Yeah, like the story's mm. fine and all, but Lovecraft decided to name the main character's sidekick, who is a cat, um, a really awful name, and it pops up enough. And I hated reading. I don't like it. Um, and mm. but I finished it because it wasn't very long. Do not like that. But the story was really weird. It was about an American who moves back to a family estate in England. Okay. And, like, he's pretty much the only person left alive in his family. I I don't really know much about this. I'm assuming it's a real thing. When people died, there were, like, sealed envelopes of, like, things that they wanted their family to know but could only open after they died. This main character had one of his great-grandfather, but it burned in this house in England. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. He goes back to England. The house has been burned and up with this letter. And no one knows what happened to his family. And he decides, because he's wealthy, his sons died in World War One, And I'm going to, I'm the only one left. I want to find out what it is that no one will tell me about my family that died with my great-grandfather and everyone before oh. him. He goes to the town. Nobody likes him. One guy is his friend. <laughs> they decide to rebuild the entire house. Some of the walls exist and some of the stairs, but pretty much it's all gone. He builds it. He's chilling with his cat at night. He has, like, seven people who, like, live with him that are butlers and stuff. And he hears rats in the walls constantly. There's no way there could be rats there because he just built this place back up. Got it. So the cat's constantly waking him up. He knows he's not crazy. He gets his friend. His friend hears it. They go and get, like, seven scholars to come back with him because this place is ancient. It's, like, before, like, the Greeks, the Romans, all this stuff. I said that backwards. But, like, sure. um, so it's ancient. They just, they find a secret passageway. They go down it with all these scholars. There's, like, a crypt 
in the crypt. They wait one night. I said in the story they put couches there with lanterns and waited. Because they wanted to see where these rats are coming from. Because they set traps. They never find them. But the cats are going crazy. Everyone hears them. So then they go into the crypt because that's where they're hearing it from. Yuck. When they're in the crypt, they hear the rats, but it's not in that room. So then they go and find, like, one specific tomb that's in this crypt. And they set down the lantern. They see wind blow the flames. So they're realizing there's somewhere that's even below this that's even more ancient. When they go down there, they find, like, thousands upon thousands of skeletons and bodies that look like they're like running for their lives bodies that look tortured bodies that are in cages um and died in it and um he comes to find out that his ancestors bred a race of human cattle oh what and they ate them the monsters (laughs) or the rats what did no his ancestors and the rats still live down there and are, like, kind of living with the dead things. Oh, no. And that's why (laughs) no one's ever talked about his family, and then (laughs) he wished he never knew about it. Oh, no. And then people find him. Everybody dies but him, because he, they later, like, police find him under the corpse of his friend, because his friend was a bigger dude, and it shielded him. They lift the body off, and he's there. They think he's done all of this, and they lock him up, uh, and that's how it ends. So he goes crazy and then dies. Yeah, his family bred people to eat, and he is nuts, and they lock him up because they wow. think he killed everyone. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> it's crazy. fucking dark, man. I, 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 obviously, he's a horror writer. All of his stories are dark. None of them leave you with any sort of like, oh, that's nice kind of feeling. Oh, cool. <laughs> high five, HP. <laughs> no. No. No high fives. <laughs> He's like Shakespearean. Yeah. With his flowery language, but it's horror. Yeah. Is that maybe just the, the time? Maybe. I don't really read a lot of s- historical stuff like that. <laughs> Well, okay, Shakespeare written, high school, college, that stuff. But that was it. I didn't read anything else. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Same. But I like I like his monsters. I do, too. I, like I said, and I like his buildup. I like how much he describes the scenery. I very much enjoy it. I love a good, like, backstory. And his mm-hmm. stories are very backstory-y on how someone gets to where they are. And then it just ends. Yeah. When you get to the whole point of the thing... Once you have the point, it ends. It's like, and they all died. Yep. (laughs) Okay. And here's the monster. He's big. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Yeah. I just really like that across all of his stories, I mean, there were, what's that? They're not exactly series, but they're kind of like, is it canon? Is that what it is? Is yeah. That the word I'm looking uh, for? Mm, or they kind of appear across each other's stories. I'm like losing. Yeah, like it's a. What do you call that? That's a uh, like they're all in the Marvel universe of yeah. What is the Marvel universe called? They're in the same universe. They're all in the Marvel universe. (laughs) I've had too much to drink, so it's in the Marvel universe of Lovecraft. (laughs) But I wanted to read about this really horrible monster that reminded me of. Okay, did you watch Ah Real Monsters on Yes. Yeah, he Ichabod. He designed Icky. the guy that held his eyeballs 
and had oh crumb crumb that guy why do i know this what's the girl's name it's with an s i don't remember any of their names well there's uh icky ickis uh whatever crumb and the chick's name started with an s i loved that show man and i love that crumb had hairy armpits (laughs) i know me too i thought it was so funny i was like ew and as an adult that shaves her armpits i'm like ew that would be so itchy it would be yeah, I don't remember her name. I'm pretty sure it's looking it up. I don't like that I don't know. Um, they were I- cute. I like them. Ikis, Oblina, and Crumb. Oblina. Not an S. I remembered the guys. She was cool. I'll okay. be her. You can be Crumb. I don't want to be Crumb. <laughs> I don't want to be hairy armpits. That just makes me itch. <laughs> I got sensitive skin. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I get no hair there. No, I no. get not good things. No, I get grumpy really fast. I'm like, Me why too. do I itch? Ah, kill everything. <laughs> anyway, I want to tell you about this guy. His name's oh god. See, that's the other thing that I don't like about his stuff is that his names are ridiculous, and then I have they to they are. Them. I don't like uh, Egalanac. I'm going to say Egolanac. It's, it's Y apostrophe G-O-L-O-N-A-C. Yeah. Okay. He's a god of pure evil and sadism who gets his kicks from torturing humans, but he looks like Crumb. Kind of. <laughs> without the eyeballs. In his hands, though. And he's like a chunk. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> But I guess he takes a physical form through possessing human hosts and manifesting as an obese man without a head or neck with a mouth in the palm of his hands. I'm assuming one in each. That sounds very Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And I was reading that Guillermo and John Carpenter and a bunch of other artists really got a lot of uh, his like his influence in their artwork. The video that I cannot remember the title of, I'll remember it when I go downstairs and after we finish and I don't have to think about podcasting anymore. I'll remember the title of it. But uh, <laughs> this one guy that was talking about Lovecraft Horror is that it's really hard to capture, particularly with like CG effects that we have right now. Like in The Mist, that's a really good example of Lovecraftian horror because it's really, it's unknowable. Nobody knows how it started. Nobody knows what the hell the things are. There's tentacles everywhere. But if you watch the movie, it they do an okay job at making it scary. But mm-hmm. it's hard to give it that Lovecraftian feel. But the thing from the 80s, John Carpenter's movie, it does a really good job at it. Because they really gave a good meshed version of a monster and a human. Or a monster and a dog. Or whatever. Where they give like a good halvesies version Mm. of these creatures with their physical um with their physical props because the problem is a lot of cg really hasn't figured that out yet so you still have to rely on physical props i think i had you watch the movie the void yeah yeah so they also did it where you know the the story wasn't fantastic but their physical props of bringing together like the otherworldliness and the you know the weird morphing of human and other creature they did a really good job that's hard to accomplish there is a show i don't remember the name of i'll have to find it um i think i've told you about it before it was either on like fx or i don't know maybe amc i'm not sure but when you were talking about the void 
It mm. reminded me of it, and now I'm thinking it might have. It has some weird things in it that could have been inspired by him, and it yeah. was so creepy. This show, it actually freaked me out. It was very unsettling. Was it like an actual TV show, or was it like a? It's kind of like American Horror Story, where every season is different. Oh. I don't know how many seasons there are, but give me, I want uh, shit. I only watched this one but man it was very unsettling very unnerving i didn't like it but it i need was it really good <laughs> um but it, it definitely gave me that like kind of like feeling mm-hmm. where he's trying to like go for that like uh, not attainable or able to think about mm-hmm. it was definitely like that um shoot i don't know i'll never be able to find it <sighs> what would you call that horror anthology series i guess but that's gonna give me too many things oh that was the first one that popped up that's weird just from that what is it called channel zero channel zero um and the season i watched was season three it was called butcher's block really freaky and very demented i like it like really demented to me, <laughs> which I feel like says something. Mm-hmm. It is weird as hell. Okay, and like I like super disturbing. I'll probably have to watch it alone. You know what? Okay, you know how we hate the hills have eyes for all oh. that stuff it has in it. Oh, take that feeling, but there's none of the creepy rape in it. Oh, and it gives you that feeling. Oh, so they really achieved the Lovecraft it's, thing. To me, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but it was really disturbing. And it's got a lot of weird existential, like, crap in it where there's, mm-hmm. like, staircases and doors that lead up to the sky and you go in them and now you're in this weird world and oh. people who are butchering people and, like, okay. paranormal things and alieny things and... None of it felt cheesy to me, though, ever. It was very pretty. Okay. It's Wait, weird. pretty like a lion, like Annihilation pretty? Pretty like, well, it was set, I don't know, like everyone, the women in it are kind of dressed like uh, Stepford Wives, but it's currently now, and then like the look of it is very like, um, oh my god, it's like, um, what's my favorite weird movie with Lee? what's his name (laughs) what's um oh my god it's like my favorite like fantasy movie it's with oh my god it's with the guy from guardians of the galaxy who's under thanos lee oh my god thanos what What are you talking about you only know one lee that's lee marvin it's not who it is i know it's not who it is Who's under Thanos? What's the guy's name? Which one? The blue guy? Sure. Lee Pace. Pace. Okay. His name was Ronan. All right. So it's um his movie, Lee Pace. He it's like um it's like a fantasy movie, and it's the most beautiful movie I've ever the fall? seen. Yeah. Is it the you fall? You ever seen that? No. I need <gasps> to see it. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. That literally is one of my favorite movies. Wait, ever, I ever. lied to you. I've totally seen this movie. I lied. I lied. I lied. I'm sorry. It's like a little girl's fantasy about yep. dealing with where she lives. Oh, I love that yes. movie. 
I forgot it's about so that movie. That's why I said that I had never seen it because I had forgotten. Like how that's like pretty with all the costumes and the things. Like Got it, it. kind of reminds me of that, but it's also like weird. And that movie's kind of existentially and weird too. It's what I like about it is that it shows people and not a lot of background. And I think that's what he's trying, what he tries to explain. Like he'll explain the background simply so that it can fade away so that you can focus on the human. And I know it sounds really weird, but his stories feel so... I think he's trying to convey the emptiness that surrounds everybody. Yeah. And I think that's what the fall really does. That's what the fall reminds me of is like you see all these people and like you'll see the background a little bit, but you're not focusing on it. All you can focus on is the people and the nothingness around them. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know how to describe it other than that. If you haven't seen The Fall, watch that movie. It's a real treat. I forgot it's how so crazy that pretty. movie is. I saw it in theaters. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I did not. It was a good that. Oh. Awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Channel Zero, season three. Watch it. <laughs> Channel Zero. His monsters are really cool. Um, a lot of his monsters defy visualization with their description because, yeah, okay, the one that, the Wilbur, he, like, fully described, but a lot of the descriptions are, I don't want to say they're reimagined, but a lot of the images that you see of the creatures that he's talked about or that he's mentioned, they're kind of just visualized by an artist not Mm -hmm. necessarily described perfectly by him like he'll give them descriptions of having like tendrils and eyeballs and like like weird glowing orbs and stuff but like he never fully described stuff because i think he wanted you to focus on the scariness of what was not described do you think hitchcock was inspired by him probably i know that twilight zone was yeah for sure that yeah. totally is. Yeah, Twilight Zone mm. for shout. It's pretty cool. I mean, I very yeah. so much wish he wasn't who he was in his day-to-day. Yeah. But I guess if I separate it for the purposes of just him as a horror writer, I do like what I've read so far. Same. Like, I've been entertained. I was reading that they were giving out Lovecraft Awards for science fiction writers. <laughs> I think I read this too. And that they did like a bust of his head and like when they would award that to black people, it was like, I don't want this racist asshole's like head in my house. Yeah, I couldn't believe they would pick him for that. That's lame. And then I read somebody got the award and then said it he didn't want it and it, it looked nothing like him anyway. They said <sighs> they did a shitty job of making it look like him and even just on that grounds. Well, I mean, let's be real. He wasn't exactly a looker. Yeah, that's true. Even his mother said he was grotesque. Oh. That's not nice. She knows. He had the a grotesque knows. heart. Knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's going to be that racist, he has a grotesque heart. Yeah. She could see through one. him. That was the grotesque part that she was talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Cares what you're like on the outside. It's what inside that counts. And so what he right. was, was a tentacle monster. <laughs> Touche. Hiccups. I mean, I want to read more of his stories simply because I'm morbidly fascinated. And I also want to rewatch Reanimator because he came up with a story for Reanimator. And if you've ever seen that 80s movie and you love 80s horror, ah, then you've watched the Lovecraft movie. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, all of his movies are like any movie that's been adapted from one of his stories is 
pure garbage. Yeah, I was looking through the list and screenshots of each movie. I was like, ooh, that looks bad. Ooh, that looks worse. That but there's one bad. that has Sam Neill in it, and I want to watch that one. Oh, okay. I I'm sure it's terrible. But at least he's in it. Yeah. Makes it doable. It's like watching Event Horizon all over again. Or Jurassic Park. I'm wearing a Jurassic Park shirt tonight. Ooh. Or Merlin. Yay! <gasps> Merlin. <laughs> Sam Neill and everything. Hashtag Sam Neill Hashtag for life. Sam Neill. This <laughs> <laughs> name. Most word the worst. Hashtag we could come up with. <laughs> I approve. Well... Also, guys, um, on top of, now that we're done with Mr. H.P. Howard, whatever his middle name was. Let's call him Percival. Um, (laughs) Tag us, uh, hashtag us online with your uh, wiggle fingies. If you don't know what that means, I'll post one later. Erica should post our whole story of that night. I know, I need to. Just that whole thing. Tag us. Do all the things. Look at our Instagram. Look at what wiggle, 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 <laughs> That's good also. Wiggle, W-I-G-G-L-E-F-I-N-G-I-E. Wiggle, fingy. Wiggle, fingy videos, guys. You just need boomerang, so just get boomerang on your phone. Yeah, I and think then, Instagram has it. I think, I don't know. I had to download an extra, like, mm. plug-in or something okay. for it. Well. Whatever. What else? Get it. Do it. Remember Tackers. to hashtag us in wildlife. Do all those things. Oh, yeah. And we if you want to know how uh, Camilla and Ainsley are, join Patreon <laughs> and hear all about their horror romance, choose your own adventure novel that Liana and I are writing by taking turns, <laughs> writing sentences one after the other <laughs> yes. to create a fascinating story where you choose what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> and one other thing, later this month we will be doing a giveaway with our wonderful friend Clara from TanzoDesign.com. Um, so definitely check out her website, check out her Instagram. Uh, she has beautiful jewelry and she works with natural stuff and we're coming up on the Christmas season and she has really awesome prices. Like you can get someone that you love beautiful jewelry without spending a million dollars or even like a hundred. So win-win mm-hmm. so check out tanzodesigns.com and also what the hell are we doing next week oh should we spin it i don't know but you should add there were two things you were supposed to add foo what was it we just talked about it too late now no diddy abduction case oh i do love these (laughs) i do love these i will never say no to we're talking alien abduction sure that's what you're talking about no (laughs) okay fine unless we talk about like elizabeth smart or one Mm, of those we could we'll see so mysterious abduction case could be ufo could be non (laughs) The fuck? Non-UFO related. Non-UFO. I was about to say non-human related, but 
all of it has Dude, to do with have humans. you heard of the uh, – we'll talk about this next time. I'll bring what? it up next time. No, tell me now. The Netflix documentary, The Devil Next Door. Have you tried watching that? I've been wanting to read wa- – read? I've been wanting to watch that, Sean, and I haven't had There's reading yet. in it. And there's some subtitles. But um, <laughs> in your defense. Um, <laughs> yeah, we started watching it last night. Is it going to make you make me mad? Am I going to be mad? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not okay, done with it yet. I, Sean I don't know I where I stand. Three quarters of a way through making a murderer, and we couldn't finish it because we were so like, did he do it? Did he not do it? Did he do it? Did he not do it? My heart couldn't handle the stress anymore of the like yo-yoing. This one, I, I guess, so is kind of like that then. Oh, but I don't know. It's hard to watch because it's like Holocaust. It's not easy. Oh, no, Holocaust is. It's very uh, upsetting. It's very heavy stuff, man. But the case is interesting. Um, it's heavy also. It's all heavy. But That's it's very interesting how the people involved and the players and how it happened. And I'm not, sh- I don't know. I haven't finished yet. Okay. Then we'll talk about it. Maybe in Patreon. Mm, there we go. Mm. Ha. Yeah. Okay. So an abduction case of either UFO or human doing. We haven't decided yet. We could do no. I'll th- I'll think about it. Maybe there's like a bit. Oh, oh! I just came up with how a really many abduction good idea cases can we sure. talk about in an hour? That should be the episode. No, <laughs> rapid <like> fire <laughs> list stuff like ah. Sidebar. Oh, ready? Can we each have two minutes? Go. <laughs> you two minutes. Go. Okay, me another case. Go. The um the chess yeah, clock. Yeah, like chess. <laughs> <laughs> cool guys we're gonna chess time each other oh my god we have like five points that we need to hit with each case oh god that's so much research who are you you're a monster i don't know we don't have to but we should do something that exists that's this idea that's actually a pretty good idea i think i just heard sean sneeze behind me Wilbur! Like, yeah, Wilbur or the other one, Shigaroth. He's Dagon. Did I just make up a name? I don't know. Probably. He had a lot of crazy names for crazy monsters. Grandpa Whipple, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, join us next week when we talk about something. An abduction case. I don't know. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining the night. I have been struggling so hard. God, you're struggling hard. This is the Night Guys podcast. I'm Liana. I'm Erica. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs>